Talking with Beauties, episode 50. Amazing, we've got this far, eight months into the podcast so far, 50 episodes. And today's episode, we got the Wednesday news. We got Messi. We're going to talk about him. He had the debut of a lifetime. We got more NFL teams coming out with new jerseys and helmets. And we're halfway through the group stage of the World Cup right now. But first, let's head straight into the NHL. So the NHL, not a lot of news to talk about, but a little bit of retirings and some re-signs. So first we'll start off, Nate Thompson is announcing that he is going to retire. 844 NHL games played, 164 points, 401 penalty minutes, played for Boston, New York, Tampa Bay, Anaheim, Ottawa, LA, Montreal, Philadelphia, and Winnipeg. Congrats on a great career, Nate Thompson. Uh, guy from is from Alaska. Not a lot of guys from Alaska, so a little fun fact there uh, from Nate. So great job and a great career, though. Vince Dunn has announced that he is re-signing with Seattle. Four years, $7.35 million AAV. Carolina's been busy the last couple of days. They signed Tony D'Angelo. One year, $1.675 million AAV. And they re-signed one of their best players, Sebastian Ajo. For eight years, $9.75 million AAV. So big signings there from the Hurricanes. Uh, Matt Murray is expected to miss the rest of the 2023-24 season for Toronto. The team did announce that today. So he will be on LTIR for the start of next season. And lastly, I wanted to leave this one for last. Patrice Bergeron has announced that he is retiring from the game. And uh, the Boston captain played 1,294 games played. Over 1,000 points, 1,040. 2011 Stanley Cup champ, six Selkie Awards, and he did this all in a Boston uniform. So great career by by Bergeron, uh, one of the best uh, defensive forwards, centermans, um, great guy in the locker room. You always hear about great great things about Bergeron. So it's tough to see another one of these uh, legends leave, but a, a great career, no doubt about it. So congrats to Bergeron on his epic career. And uh, hopefully he's, he enjoys his retirement. All right, let's head into the NFL. So the Indianapolis Colts released a new alternate uniform. They got black helmets, blue horseshoe logo on the side, blue striping down the middle, and a black face mask. And that will be paired with their new blue jerseys, which have like a different texture in, inside the, the jersey, which I do not know how to explain it. But it looks really good up close. From far away, you're not going to notice. From up close, it looks good. Blue jersey with the white numbers, uh, black collar, and white striping going from the collar down to the shoulders. Um, looks pretty good. Uh, numbers are on the shoulders as well, so that's where the striping stops, meets up at the at the numbers. I think they look really good uh, with the blue pants as well. I think it all comes comes down, comes brings it all well to well together. Um, I mean, I don't know if they needed new uniforms, to be honest. I really like the uniforms now. I think they look pretty good. But I like the, the introduction introduction of black into the uniform. Um, so overall, I really like it, though. So I do not know how many games they will be playing with this. They did not announce that, I, don't, I do not believe. But uh, they do look good overall. I'd give it like a solid, like maybe 7-4 out of 10. Atlanta announced that they're bringing back their red jer- red uniforms. Um, so they got those al- alternate black uniforms with throwbacks, and they're going to be pairing them up with their black, or excuse me, their red helmets 
They'll be playing that for three games. So a good little throwback. I like the red helmets. I think they look good. I just enjoy the matte black that they have now. So I think it's a little bit of a downgrade. But a lot of fans do like that throwback look from Atlanta. So for me personally, I'd give it maybe like a 6-1. I, I think they look good. I like the red. I just like the ones that they have now better. The Washington football franchise has been sold. Dan Snyder is no longer a owner in the NFL. And it was also fined $60 million for workplace misconduct investigation. So this is pretty much chump change to him as everything is, is a profit in his books as of right now. Not going to talk too much besides uh, I'm glad that Washington has a new, new owner. Seems like the fans wanted him out no matter what. So they're happy with whoever has the team. And I've also heard that supposedly they're going to be circling uh, the name change after this season. So I would not be surprised to see a name change um, after this year. So maybe one last year with the commander's name and Washington hopefully will get some sort of better name because I do not like the commander's name whatsoever. The New York Giants have announced that they have signed Cole Beasley and James Robinson to the team, uh, bringing uh, Brian Dayball's um, offense over. I, I think they're good signings. Um, I don't know what, what Robinson's really going to do for them with uh, Barkley pretty much playing all the time. Uh, unless he's injured, I think Robinson's a good backup. Cole Beasley's really on the on the down end of his career. I don't really think it's exciting to me. So um, we'll see what they do for, for the Giants. Tennessee Titans decided to rewind the clock. They're going back with their Houston Oily throwbacks for this season. White helmets with a red face mask with the red, white, and blue striping down the middle with that Oilu logo on the helmet. They go with the powder blue jerseys to go along with it. White numbers stroked in red. Look really good. I really like them. And they got the white pants to go along with it with the same striping that is on the helmet onto the pants. I think overall it looks really good. The powder blues look good. I think they're going to be wearing it two or three times this season. Should be exciting. I think a lot of fans do like this throwback uh, Oilu uniform, so I would not be surprised to see it be um, a fan favorite around the league. So should be interesting and fun to watch these games with uh, the new uniforms coming out. Naheem Himes, a place for Buffalo running back, will be out the whole season most likely. They're optimistic, but I do not see him coming back. Uh, due to a knee injury while jet skiing this season, um, tough news for the, the Buffalo running back. Tough news for Buffalo. Uh, so hopefully Hines gets back uh, somewhat quickly. He's not able to to make probably the most of the season, if all of it. Uh, maybe you hit playoffs, but uh, we'll have to see. So hopefully Naheem Himes and his recovery is uh, pretty smooth and he's able to get back quickly. Denver is going with a white helmet. This is uh, very interesting. We do not see white helmets a lot in the NFL. Few teams do have them as a primaries, like the Chargers and the Cardinals, but not as an alternate. You don't see too many alternates, uh, as the Oilers one is coming back as an alternate. But Denver is going with the white helmet, paying homage to uh, the, pretty much a snow cap. They're calling it a snow capped helmet, helmet, pretty much paying homage to how much snow there is in uh, the Denver, Colorado area. So it's a white helmet, the white face mask, orange and blue stripe down the middle. The old school logo with the D with the Bronco in the center is going to be on the side of the helmet. I think it, that's the right logo. looks really good with it. If you went with that white horse as the main logo, I think it'd be too much white. You lose it on TV. I think having that orange D logo on there with that horse in the middle is definitely going to make it pop a lot better. So overall, I really like it. The team announced that they're only going to be wearing it when the team wears all orange uniforms. I think that's a good, good decision. Overall, 
I think the white helmet is very good. I really like it a lot. I give it maybe like an eight, nine, nine, one area, right in that area, because I really like this uniform a lot. We got two more uh, contract extension signings to talk about. Trayvon Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys has agreed to a five-year, $97 million contract extension. And Chicago Bears have extended Cole Komet, four years, $50 million. That contract has $32.8 million guaranteed and $20 million in first-year cash. So a lot up front. And uh, I think Cole Komet's a great player. Uh, tight end-wise, I don't know if he's going to be one of the top players. But you definitely have to keep those guys in the option for Justin Fields. So overall, I, I like the signing. For uh, Dallas, I think it's a little high. Um, I like Diggs a lot, but I don't know if he's going to pan out to be like this for five years. But we'll have to see. So hopefully that one does work out for the Dallas Cowboys and Trayvon Diggs. All right, let's head to the MLB. So before we start any conversation here, we got news out of the commissioner's office. Rob Manfred has received a four-year extension to be the commissioner of the league. So he'll be in for uh, January 2029 as of right now. So I think Manfred's done a great job speeding up the game, making it more exciting. I think it's been more relevant the last couple of years for sure. So I think definitely well-deserved on those four years extension right there. All right, let's head into the news around the league then. We got the Yankees. They're going to place Jose Trevino on the IL. He's out for the rest of the year. Supposedly a right wrist tear. Not too sure exactly what it is. Says it needs surgery. Should be back for spring training, though. And they also said that they are activating or most likely going to activate Aaron Judge on Friday. He hasn't played in a while due to that, that toe injury that he sustained back in the L.A. series where he ran into the wall. So. I don't know what it's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to pinch hit. I don't know if he's going to be DHing, but um, supposedly he should be activated for the weekend. So uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you definitely got to be excited about that. San Diego has announced that they are not going to trade Blake Snell and Josh Hader at the deadline. Uh, this hasn't been officially said by them, but a lot of rumors have been coming out and it, it's been um, very, the sources have been validated and stuff like that. So I think, I think it's all true. Blake Snell and Josh Hader should not be traded at deadline if the, the Padres want to win. So if this is all true, uh, do not expect those two names to be moved at the deadline. Toronto did make a trade, though, not too long ago. They get Genesis Cabrera from the St. Louis Cardinals for Sammy Hernandez, just a minor leaguer. They also had a DFA Trent Thornton to make space for Cabrera. Uh, we got next up Cleveland. So they have placed Shane Bieber from the 10-day IL to the 60-day IL now uh, due to his injury. He will be out till September 10th now. This is big news from the starting rotation for Cleveland as they are on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. And they're definitely not going to make wild cards, so they got to win their division. And with Cleveland struggling right now, they definitely need a guy like Bieber to get back into the lineup. We got more news about the Shohei Otani drama. Arizona and Baltimore have entered the chat supposedly to acquire Shohei. Both of them have options on players they could, they could trade. Um, I think Anaheim would be or LA would be satisfied in this case. But as of overall, I still do not want to see him get traded. I think Anaheim or uh, Los Angeles is in a good position right now that they don't don't need a trade. But supposedly the Los Angeles says that they have decided to see how the road trip right now will go and decide what to do with him from there on. So they have a six-game road trip right now, three games in Detroit, three games in Toronto. They played yesterday. 
won their game 7-6 in 10 innings. Very close game. Almost blew it in the bottom of the ninth. Ended up winning in the top of the 10th. And Aaron Loop actually shutting the door down in the bottom of the 10th to win it. They got a doubleheader tomorrow against Detroit. Unfortunately, today was supposed to be their game, but postponed due to weather. So Anaheim, I mean, L.A. just... The Angels need to win this road trip. They need to win both the series. I do not expect them to sweep both series. If they do sweep the one in Detroit, that's definitely going to help them a long way. Uh, L.A. Dodgers have been helping out with the trying to take care of business with Toronto. They're losing right now, though, 6-1 to one going into the seventh inning. So that's going to hurt the Angels a little bit when it comes to the wild card chase as they're just in front of the Angels right now. But that big series going into Toronto, definitely going to make a difference. I think at that point... You're definitely going to know, are the Angels going to be a playoff team or not? Yeah, we have a lot of of playing games left, but I think going into the deadline, which is on Tuesday, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a, a big question mark here. So I think the Angels are definitely in a position where if they do win the, the road trip, I think Shohei is definitely going to stay, no question about it. I don't think anybody's going to want to take those offers. But if they don't win, I definitely think they're going to be uh, listening way more closely and uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. So the Angels are, are going to be their own victims here if they lose Shohei Otani. Big trade yesterday. Boston Red Sox trades Kike Hernandez back to the Los Angeles Dodgers for a minor leaguer. Kike is back. I'm a big Kike fan. It was Kike and Bellinger for me when it came to Dodger Dodger players. I really like both of them. I'm so happy to see Kike back. Kike is super happy to be back. Um, you could tell he's vibing in the locker room. He's vibing in the dugout. So super excited to see him back. He's wearing a new number, number eight, though. Uh, don't know what happened with him in number 14. Don't know if he just wants to change it up. But Kike is back in a Dodger uniform. So I'm very excited. And I think he'll be placed right back in the lineup without any hesitation. So good to see Kike back and uh, expect him to do well here back in Los Angeles. Colorado has sent down or sent Chris Bryant to the 10-day IL due to a fractured left index finger. So that's tough news for, for Bryant, but he really has not done anything ever since signing that contract with the Rockies. The Pirates' Angel Perdomo has been suspended three games due to uh, throwing at Manny Machado. In yesterday's matchup, uh, definitely on purpose, 98 fastball to the ribs back area. Manager Derek Shelton was also received one game due to it. Uh, we had a trade earlier, like maybe a few hours ago. Miami will acquire Jorge Lopez from Minnesota for Dylan Florio, pretty much a swapping pitchers. I actually don't mind this trade. I think Lopez is definitely going to help in the Miami uh, bullpen. So I think uh, overall, it's a good trade for Miami. Minnesota is also getting a good left-hander. Don't really think too much about it. Um, I think it's just a good little swap here. So I think both teams are going to be left satisfied. And lastly, the Houston Astros activate Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez from the IL. This is scary now. So you're going to get a, a team that's definitely going to make playoffs. They're not too far back from the Texas. Um, they're about two and a half games back, I believe, as of right now. So if that's the case and you get a full healthy team or a somewhat healthy team, you got Altuve and Alvarez back, it's going to be tough for Texas to keep that lead in the AL West. So I would expect Houston to make a big push um, for deadline pitchers maybe and stuff like that. So should be interesting, but uh, Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve are back in the lineups.
All right, we got a little bit of news out of Formula One. So last week's race, uh, the Hungarian Grand Prix, Red Bull ended up winning again. 12th straight race, Verstappen taking home the victory. Lando Norris took second and Sergio Perez at third. Red Bulls won 12 straight. I can't believe it. I mean, this team's just been dominant from the past two seasons. I'm not surprised Verstappen won again. I'm surprised he did not get pole, though. Uh, Lewis Hamilton ended up getting pole and not even finishing in podium. He finished fourth in the race. So tough news for for Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Seemed like everything may be going in the right direction. Ended up not even getting podium points in this one. Danny Ricardo, though, first game back racing for Alpha Tori, uh, finished in 20th or finished in 13th excuse me that's where he qualified I ended up losing a lot of spots gained up back to the 13th spot uh, finished two spots ahead of Yuki Sonoto uh, which is his teammate at Alpha Tori. so good debut for for Ricardo would expect him to do a lot better this weekend uh, so hopefully uh, it's just a little bit of a goosebumps and a little rusty but hopefully he gets back in maybe crack some points maybe it's the top 10 all right, so let's head into soccer. We got a lot to cover in soccer today. We're going to start off in Inter-Miami. We got Lionel Messi. So Lionel Messi and Sergio Busquets made their debut for Inter-Miami on Friday against Cruz Azul in the League's Cup. Both entered with about 40 minutes of play time left in the game. Uh, honestly, very good performance from Sergio. I thought he played well. Uh, a little bit of turnovers, a little bit rusty, but I wouldn't expect too much from these two. Um coming off the first game, coming off the bench, haven't played in a while. So overall looked really good. Messi made some great runs, great passing from him and Sergio. And uh, I thought they played really well. Wasn't until about the 94th minute where Messi drew a foul, not too far outside of the box. Definitely free kick range for Messi. And that beautiful left foot brought that that ball, wrapped it over the, the wall, still far enough away from the keeper. Ended up scoring his first goal in the pink and black in the 94th minute, winning for Inter Miami 2-1, and it gave me chills. I mean, this was an amazing goal. Look it up because me explaining it does not justify how awesome this goal was. I stood up. I was in shock. I was in awe. Did not expect anything less from Messi, but just did not expect him to put that beautiful of a goal up, and it was awesome. It was storybook. That's all you expect him to do right there. Score in the 94th minute, win it for your team, and make an awesome debut uh, for your for your new club. So it was awesome. Great job by him. And uh, it just it's down in the record books as one of the best debuts, I think, ever. Yesterday, though, Miami played Atlanta United League's Cup. They hosted again. Going into it, they all they needed was a win, and they were in a uh, a three points was going to get them to be able to host and win the group. Uh, winning two, getting two points out of this one also would have done the same. So they just needed to win. And yesterday, Messi records two more goals. The first one in the eighth minute and the second one around the 22nd minute. Two assists in the game. Played 77 minutes in his first start. Busquets also recorded assists to his boy Messi over the top. Beautiful pass to him. And it only took him eight minutes to do that. So Messi and Busquets getting on the scoreboard. Messi putting out four points in his first start with uh, Inter-Miami. So great debuts for both boys. Uh, not a lot of people are talking about Sergio Busquets. I thought he played very well the first two. A little bit of turnovers in that second game in his first start. But overall, he made some great passes. Got that great pass to Messi. Messi, of course, finished it off the post. But he was able to get his rebound and put it back in the, in the net. 
Jordy Alba is expected to be with the team by the end of the week. So if that's the case, I expect him to be there for the playoffs when it comes to the League Cup. So he'll probably make his debut in that. And they're still trying to uh, sign Luis Suarez. Expected to be his the last international roster slot for Miami. They left one spot open. So if that's the case, it will probably be Suarez's as long as he, he could get a deal to get out of the club he's at now. Um, the transfer window does close on August 2nd, though. So they're running out of time. But I think if they want to get it done, I think they will get it done. So hopefully Suarez is, is going to be over to uh, Miami and uh, we're going to be able to see the big, the big four coming over from the Barcelona era. All right, so we'll move on from the messy talk. We'll talk about Cristiano Ronaldo. So he spoke up a couple days ago about European soccer and saying European soccer has lost its quality. And I don't know about this. I think Ronaldo is one of those guys who followed the money and with how much money they were offering him to be one of the best players, not just in the league, um, but pretty much the face of the country at that point. I think he definitely took that. Al Nassar, the team he plays for, I had a couple friendlies the other day. Ended up losing bad to Celta Vigo of the La Liga, 5-0, to and 4-1 to to Benfica out of the Portuguese League. Celta Vigo finished 14th in La Liga last year, and they smoked Al Nassar. I mean, I understand Ronaldo did not play the whole time, but come on. I mean, you're on there, and you're talking crap about European soccer, and yet your team goes out and gets blown out by Celta Vigo, 5-0. They played PSG the other day. I don't know the lineup too much about who played and, and who didn't play. Ended up drawing 0-0 on that one in the Japan friendly. But overall, not a good performance by Al Nassar. And it seemed like Ronaldo needed to, to bounce back and say something about that or to perform after saying something like that, and he did not. So uh, tough look for, for Saudi Arabian soccer. All right, one of the biggest soccer players going around right now, Kylian Mbappe. We got some news coming out of him. So PSG supposedly has offered him 10 years, 1 billion euros, which is just a little bit over $1.1 billion in U.S. If this is the case, PSG knows that they're going to lose him. Uh, there's no way you're going to offer a guy $1 billion uh, just because he's good. He, they're afraid of losing him. He's probably one of the best players as of right now. He's got the most upside. He's in his 20s. He's just going to get better at right now. Um, him and Holland are the best two players in the world, I think, right now. Uh, Messi and Ronaldo have the longevity and stuff like that. But I think Mbappe and Holland are the future of soccer right now. So uh, PSG offered that. Supposedly Mbappe does not care. He does not want to be there anymore. Then not too long after, Saudi Arabian club Al-Hilal has offered him $776 million for only one season. Mbappe says he's not interested, rejected that, will not negotiate any further with that Saudi Arabian club. I, that's just amazing. I mean, you can't tell me you're not interested. You had to have at least thought about it a little bit. But this goes to prove that just money doesn't talk. I mean, money gets you into the door, but... He wants to play at a team that's definitely high caliber, which is Real Madrid. Uh, they keep talking about bringing Mbappe over. I think Mbappe wants to go over as soon as possible. I don't think he wants to go to a team that's going to offer him a lot of money. I don't think he wants to go to a team that he's not happy with, which is both PSG and Al-Hilal. So I'm happy for Mbappe that he 
decided to decline that that crazy one season offer for that Saudi Arabian club. And if he doesn't want to be at PSG, I'm happy that he declined the one billion dollar offer from from PSG. I mean, go somewhere where you're happy. So I think Mbappe is going to be at Real Madrid. It's just a matter of time at this point. All right, let's talk about the World Cup. So this is the last thing about soccer today. But let's go group stage. So Group A, Switzerland leads. They're up. They got one win, one draw, no losses. New Zealand ended up winning their opener against Norway, got their first win in the World Cup, but also lost their second game to the Philippines. The Philippines got their first win at a World Cup, beating New Zealand, the hosts, uh, 1-0. So they're 1-0 and 1. Norway, surprisingly winless so far for the th- first two matches, 0-1 and 1 record right now. So it, it should be interesting between New Zealand and Switzerland. Uh, should be a good matchup with those two going at the top of the group. Norway needs to win, and they need to hope that um, Switzerland wins because if New Zealand draws, they're in. Norway, no shot. So the Philippines do have a shot here, but I don't know about Norway. Uh, very surprising about that. We had to group B. Canada leads that group 1-1-0. Uh, one, one, and zero. Uh, Ended up drawing in the opening match to Nigeria, which was very surprising. Did not expect that. Missed a, uh, Sinclair missed a penalty kick, so uh, a tough draw there. The Aussies won the opener against Ireland. They play later today or tonight, technically, um, against Nigeria, so we'll see what happens with that group. Nigeria lost their opener or drew their opener to Canada, and Ireland has actually been eliminated from moving on. They have one game left, and uh, they they dropped both their games. They're 0 and 2 Group C, we got Spain leading that one. They clinched a spot along with Japan as they both won both their opener games. So they're both 2-0 and 0. Costa Rica and Zambia have both been eliminated from this. Uh, They got one consolation game left, both records of 0-0 and 2. I'm very impressed by Spain no matter. Out of all these teams, I think Spain's been the most impressive for for me. Um, Yeah, they've, they've been one of the few teams that's played two games. But both of those games have been controlled by them. Uh, very good quality games by uh, J- by Spain. We had the Group D. Uh, Denmark leads that one, and so does England, both with one win apiece. China and Haiti both losing to those opponents up top. So 1-0-0 uh, zero zero for Denmark and England, 0-0-1 zero zero for China and Haiti. All right, let's head to Group E. We got the United States group. It's the United States on top with one win. Netherlands right behind them with a win. Portugal and Vietnam ended up with losses against Netherlands and the U.S. respectively. The U.S.'s win, I did not think was all that great. Yeah, they won 3-0 against Vietnam, but they had a lot more chances, and that went, that game should not have been that close. Vietnam had a couple chances, which I thought was okay. I mean, you're supposed to get a couple chances here and there, but I thought the U.S. should have won at least 6-0. They, just, they missed way too many stuff. Uh, way too many shots, way too many passes. It could have been a little bit of the nerves. First game of the World Cup. A lot of girls uh, making their debut. A lot of younger players. Um, but overall, I mean, a win's a win. You can't be too mad about it. Though, 5.2 million viewers against or for the game against Vietnam, which was up 99% from the 2019 opener versus Thailand. So it seems like a lot more people are interested in this Um 
I feel like soccer is getting a lot bigger every year, especially with how much uh, United States news you get where it comes to uh, big tournaments being hosted and stuff like that in the States. So I think more people are being interested in uh, in these uh, tournaments for sure. But the U.S. played Netherlands tonight. And the way the U.S. clinches a spot into the knockout stages, they win tonight, but they also have to have Vietnam win or draw. For the Netherlands, on the other hand, they can clinch with a win, but they have to get Portugal to win or draw. So uh, both teams will be rooting for the opposite teams in the other game. So we'll see if uh, anybody is able to win this game. And if that's the case, if they're able to clinch the next day with Portugal and Vietnam playing against each other. We head to Group F. Brazil leads that group with the only win in that group. They're 1-0-0. France and Jamaica drew their first games together, and Panama was on the losing end of Brazil. Brazil looked great. Not much to talk about besides they looked dominant in that game, and they buried their chances. France, on the other hand, looked very nervous. They did not look good whatsoever, and they might be out without their captain, Wendy Renault. Uh, she's dealing with a calf injury, could miss the rest of the group stage. And if that's the case, they might lose against Brazil and their only win might be against Panama. Now, if, that, if that's the case, Jamaica also has a chance to play Panama. If Jamaica wins that game, I wouldn't put it past them be, beating the French because uh, so, the French did not look good at all. I think Brazil is winning this group no matter what at this point, even if, uh, if the French captain was in the lineup. But France has a lot to deal with right now, and I, I think they have to they have to do it quick. They don't have a lot of time to talk about it. We had to group G, Sweden and Italy both with wins, and they lead on top of that group. Uh, South America, or excuse me, South Africa, excuse me, South Africa and Argentina ended up losing both of those games, so they're at the bottom of that group. Sweden, although they beat South Africa two to one, South Africa had that game won for most of that. Sweden did not look very impressive to me. They're my team outside of the United States to win the World Cup. But as of right now, Spain and Brazil looked way better in their their wins over Sweden. Um, Sweden just looked really worried and unsettled. They they did get two two goals to end up winning that, getting the three points. But overall, I was not very impressed. Hopefully, they turn it around. Italy ended up just taking care of business with Argentina. And the last group, Group H, we got Germany and Colombia on top of that group, both with a win. Korea and Morocco both losing those games. So overall, I think the U.S. need to step it up. I think Sweden needs to step it up. I think Brazil and Spain are the early favorites to win it after uh, one or two games uh, into these group stages so far. So overall, it's been good soccer. The tough thing is watching them at night because – you're either watching them at midnight or you're watching them around 6, 7 o'clock if you're lucky, depending on who's playing. Um, so kind of tough to watch, but overall, it's been good soccer to watch. All right, let's head into games of the weekend. So we'll start off with the MLB. I think this has got to be the biggest weekend series of, of all Angels at Blue Jays. I didn't want look at any other series knowing that Otani might be traded due to the Angels not winning this road trip. Road trip. It's a three-game set against the Jays. I think the Jays know what, what's on the, their mind. They know that if they beat the Angels, maybe they could get a chance at cracking their roster. I don't know if he will go to Toronto. I don't know if Toronto's really interested in him. But there's also wildcard implications. Toronto's not that far ahead of the Angels in that wildcard spot. Say the Angels sweep that. The Blue Jays are looking outside of, of a playoff spot now. So 
I think a lot's on the line here, whether it's you're the Angels or whether you're the Toronto Blue Jays. So I think that should be a good series no matter what. I think it should be good baseball, and there's a lot on the line there. Let's talk about the World Cup. I think England and Denmark on Friday, 1.30 a.m. on Fox Sports 1. Should be a good matchup uh, between those two, uh, top of the group as well. Sweden and Italy on Saturday, 12.30 a.m. on FS1. Should be the the best matchup in that group as well. I think this is going to be the factor in if Sweden can dominate this game or not. If Sweden can win this game against Italy, I think they're back to the normal normal cells. If they draw or lose to Italy, I think you got to be worried if you're a Sweden fan. So should be a big game for Sweden. And on Sunday at 12 a.m. on Fox, you got Switzerland and New Zealand top of the group right now. I think a lot of implications here that New Zealand is not going to make it out of the group, um, knowing that Norway is still there, still hanging on. They need Switzerland to win that game. So I think New Zealand has a lot on their shoulders here. Being the host too, I think that's, that's added pressure as well but uh should be a good matchup between those two teams that are top of group a and the last sporting event of the weekend you got formula one the belgian grand prix is on sunday 6 a.m on espn uh pretty much just watch to see if uh verstappen and red bull get their 13 13th straight victory and uh maybe danny ricardo cracks that top 10 that's what i'm looking forward to in that race well, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode. A uh, lot of information out there, a lot of lot of stuff to go over. So I'm glad you guys stuck around till till the end. And uh, 50 episodes. I'm very excited that I got myself to 58 months into the process right now. So I'm very excited that you guys all listen to it. It's very awesome for me to put out my uh, opinion. So uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, may or may not be a weekend episode most likely not because of we just made the baseball episode so uh keep an eye out on that though so check out the links in the description below for our social medias we got twitter and instagram so check those out follow both of those and uh, uh we'll see you guys later so have an awesome weekend